Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Wherever you are, this is The Breakfast Show with the double L team, Lyle and... Lawson! What are you thankful for this morning, Lawson? Ah, let's see. What am I... Okay. Okay. All right. On Friday night, I had the best night in. The best night in. Yeah, it was the, it was just the you best. You just closed the doors, closed the curtains, locked the... Yeah. And just like... And just like... Okay, so... I'm so, not going to see anyone speak anyone. Oh, it was amazing. I like got everything set up in my room, which I'll come back to you later. Went, had a shower, come out, filled my water bottle up with nice cold Petriti, like grape juice, and got in bed and watched The Passion of the Christ and drank grape juice. Okay. It was awesome. Okay. It was like the best... Self care move ever, and um, like I've just been buzzing ever since. Like that was Friday night, and it's Monday morning, and I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just. just I am glad you're blessed. Just living my best. We could life. talk about the Passion of the Christ, but no. Oh, just- like like that was really good too. And it was incredibly convicting, and and yeah, it was yeah, it was you know, incredible. It was t- anyway. No, <laughs> we're going to have a discussion off air. <laughs> All right, what's going on with you, Lyle? We are going well, to have a discussion for, Lyle? off air. Uh, weekends. I'm grateful oh, for weekends. Sure. I had a great weekend. Mm. Um, great time at church on Sabbath. Yeah. Um, got to hang out with some great guys on Sunday. Um, had um, some great me time last night. Um, yes, I had a bit of me time too. Went into the shed, shut the door. That. <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> it was amazing. Did you, have, did you have grape juice in there? No. Oh, mate, you're not doing it right. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like, it sounds good all the way up until you don't have chilled grape. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. I didn't hear about snow in Melbourne. I, I did. No. Maybe, maybe someone was leading me up the they garden They were leading path. you up the garden path. It's snowed in Tasmania. It's snowed in Tasmania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was wild. I'm like, yes, white Christmas all the way. Absolutely. I've, make I've, it happen. I've, I've had white Christmas down in Tasmania. That is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is the corner room uh, with, what is this? Movement, Movement two. 2. Okay.
for prophecy. They will pass away as for tongues. They will cease as for knowledge. It will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass Welcome back, guys. That was The Corner Room with Movement 2. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 10. And I've just been s- being educated on what Movement 2 means. I'm like, <laughs> what, how do you, why do you even name a song Movement 2? But I still haven't figured it out. Uh, well, it's... Okay, Lyle, it's this simple, okay? It's... Th- hopefully, I can explain it correctly, but it's basically like a movement. You know, you'll have a it's series like, of songs. Why don't they just call it the second verse? Well... Because it's not the second verse. Well, like, it's a different piece of music. So song it's, 2. It's song this, 2 would make sense. What move, movement 2? It's a, it's a classical I'm thing. A, I, I'm know. a Philistine, I know, when it comes to these Actually, kind of things. Actually, no, okay, this is what it is. You'll have, like, a series of songs. It's like a series of pieces. For example, Paganini's 24 Caprices. And each... Okay, no. each, of, <laughs> each of, So that's, that's a title of a series of songs, right? So Paganini's 24 Caprices. That's like an album title, okay? And there's 24 different songs there. Each one is a piece. And now if you grouped a group of those songs together, or Paganini, he grouped a group of them together, that would be what's called a movement. I am such a bogan. <laughs> <laughs> you just such I, a redneck. I, I have no idea what's going on. I'm, I'm just an uneducated. Un, um, I'm trying to think of the right word here, but it's not even coming to me this morning. Well, if you can explain it in better t- to Lyle in better terms than that, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three or text us oh four nine one zero six four six six nine and explain to Lyle why. He doesn't know what he's anything. Um, anyway, so what creature am I? <laughs> this is the quiz for today. What creature am I? Are you ready? Are you yes. ready? I said, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blast about to be sounded by the other three angels. 
Um, um, uh, okay, right, you go on with your story while I write this up. <laughs> okay, Lyle's trying to, uh, he's, he's scrambling here, he's, 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 he's uh, trying to get it down, and I can already say that he just doesn't have the right answer, so, you know, good, good try, good try. Anyways, um... Let's have a look at uh, across Australia, across our world. It's something. That's yeah, let's find some positively different news. Positively to talk about. different news. Of course, we're coming to the conclusion here, relatively anyway. Um, in in this area, um, of the of the big bushfires, we're seeing that they're starting to die down relatively in New South Wales. They have moved a little bit north into Queensland, and um. I don't know how much we're going to talk about it in the future, but just one of the stories that I saw this morning coming out of the bushfire, obviously, you know, as some huge, intense event has just happened that it's affect that's affected a lot of people in a lot of different ways. You know, different stories are coming out and whatnot. And something that I saw this morning um, is that basically the Port Macquarie Koala Hospital, which is somewhere we can go. I've been to the Port Macquarie Koala Hospital and you go and hang, hang out there and look at all the koalas and whatnot. Um, the Port Macquarie Koala Hospital, they put up an image on Facebook and opening a GoFundMe just basically of one of the koalas that was severely burnt. And it's just like, hey, like, this is this is what's going on. Um, we're struggling. And they had a, a goal of $25,000 that they wanted to raise as a fund for, you know, all these burnt koalas that they were treating. They got roughly... Um, well, they they estimate roughly 350 koalas perished, and they got a ton in which they were, you know, working on and whatnot. Um, they set it this, the goal for twenty five thousand um, dollars, and as of last night, the fundraiser has hit five hundred and seventy six thousand dollars. Wow, five hundred and seventy six. Okay, that's really good. Thousand that is dollars. super positive news because we do need to preserve our wildlife, particularly our endangered wildlife. Mm. Um, and particularly our furry, cuddly wildlife, such as koalas. That aren't vermin or that pests. Not, that's right. And they're just awesome. Yes, they are amazing. I do... Can I throw a bit of a negative spin on yeah, this for Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we have so much other wildlife that is far more endangered that people will never give to because it's like. not furry and cuddly. Furry and cuddly. Like? Uh you know, <laughs> ugly little lizards and, you know, <laughs> other bugs and critters and so forth that uh-huh. just are not furry, cuddly creatures like koalas. And they are going to be the ones that miss out mm. uh, because we've thrown so much money at koalas. The other thing that I want us to bear in mind is this is a really good cause to give to mm. and we should give to it. But let's not neglect giving to human beings. Fully. Um, there's, you know, if they needed 25 grand, you know, let's give them 50, let's give them 100, and then let's, you know, give the other 400,000 there to human beings mm. that are suffering. Um, yeah. or other needy causes, other, um, animals that are m- far more endangered than koalas and just as important to our ecosystem and to science and to, um, just to the general joy of going out in the bush and seeing cool things. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, yeah. I, anyway, so that's my that's my slightly negative spin on it. Apart from that, I just want to say that's an amazing result. Praise God. I, I um I like because in my mind I'm like oh it was like you know there was the big controversy in you know in the political world uh I think a year ago now where like 
hundreds of millions of dollars was was advocated to the uh, Great Barrier Reef Conservation Group um, as you know as a government funded project. But there's only like three employees. And everyone was like, oh, what is going on? Why are they getting so much money? Is this like some kind of fraud going on or whatever? Um, and so my mind goes to like, oh, man, I- I- I'm hoping anyway in my heart. I'm hoping that they use this money for good. and for the Yeah, good hopefully of, they'll be able to put some aside. Doing. And next time around, they'll be well prepared for mm. uh, whatever koala crisis comes comes our way. 100%. Okay, Lyle, I, s- I read something else this morning that was... Just I don't know. I feel I, I've never heard of this before. Okay, so we, you know, our world going on. We have you know a lot of a lot of things going on at the moment with identity politics, and you know a lot of people struggling for you know identity and um, lots of arguing over that. That I don't want to get into. But what I do want to talk about is how um, this is wild in in 2015, and this story you know has. Um, gone on since then and has some stuff to talk about now but in 2015 a judge in argentina's high court ruled that a zoo orangutan was a non-human person who had the right to a life of dignity basically that this orangutan was a sentient being that was obliged to have respect and freedom so what they do send it back to Indonesian let it go? No, so what they did instead of that, because it was basically a, a, a bunch of protesters like kicked up a stink because they're, they're like, oh, the cage is too small and, and such and such. And then they went to court with the um, with the zoo owners and the, and the judge ruled that like, oh, yes, you know, we should, like an orangutan is like not, you know, a, a non-sentient animal. It's like sentient. It has a brain. It's basically, well, it's not that it has a brain, but it's basically a person. It's self-aware. So therefore it has personhood status and um, needs to be treated with respect and dignity. So now um, it's it's officially retired as an orangutan, as a zoo orangutan. And it's oh, it's be- become a person. It's become a person, like, in a way, and they've moved it to Has anybody a- told the orangutan? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm wondering. Um, but they've moved it to a, a Florida sanctuary. It's like this huge great ape sanctuary where it's living out its retirement as a 33-year-old orangutan. I see two sides to this story. I think there's a bit of uh, ridiculousness going on. At the same time, I think that we often do not treat animals with the respect and dignity that they deserve. Um, I don't like. I don't like zoos, to be honest. I, I kind of used to when I was a kid, and when I had small kids, I'd take the kids to the zoo, and I got to the point where they just—it was just like, you know what? It, I just feel like I'm going to uh, Long Bay Jail. Yeah, this right. is how I felt when I went to the zoo because mm. I'm thinking these poor animals they're in these tiny enclosures and okay it's just it's just me right yeah. it's just me oh, I I, um, I agree you know I'm not a part of the uh, animal loving brigade that kind of thing I'm, I believe that we are stewards of our world as mm. human beings and that we have the responsibility of managing the animal populations of our world mm. um, I don't believe that you know killing an animal is murder and, 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 and that kind of thing I believe that God does hold us accountable for every animal life that we take and it should not be taken without reason mm. um, but yeah you know what I'm just I'm just not a fan of of uh, of these zoos that just coop everything up into tiny areas yeah um, and so yeah no it's it's the orangutan is not a uh, is, is not a sentient being on par with a human being and I'm pretty sure the orangutan would be pretty confused if you were able to communicate to him hey you've just gone from being an orangutan to being a person now <laughs> but at the same time I think he's probably pretty 
pretty pleased to be down there in Florida in a uh, you know large, happy enclosure where he's not losing his mind and going insane. Yeah. As so many animals do when they're placed into cages in zoos. You will see there a highway from God's own hand That will lead back the lost to the promised land And the voice of the Savior will call us friends Saying join in the song of the Lord We will call back our armies returned from war And we'll make into plowshares our useless swords Very soon to forget what they once were for When we join in the song of the Lord We will say in that day to the Lord give thanks We will not be afraid for He comes to save We will shout, we will call every tribe and race Come and join in the song of the Lord You will see there a banquet for sinners spread Where we'll sit with the Lord at the table's head And our shepherd himself is our wine and bread And we'll join in the song of the Lord We will say in that day to the Lord give thanks We will not be afraid for He comes to save We will shout, we will call every tribe and race Come and join in the song of the Lord When the remnant returns to the promised land When the highway of God brings us home Welcome back, everybody. That was Wendell Kimbuck Kimbara with, uh, we will say, In That Day. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. Lawson, what have you got for us there? The Lord said to Hosea, this is what creature am I? The Lord said to Hosea that I was over the house of the Lord because the people had broken his covenant and rebelled against his law. Uh, no, you're incorrect. Big, big, big incorrect here. So that means that double prizes are up for grabs this morning. Double All right, prizes. moving on to uh, more serious news. Australia holds. Uh, Australia is a world record holder. Can you you're part of a world record holding com- country? Uh, what for? Uh, world record holder for the most, the, the largest amount of debt. Our debt to income ratio is two hundred percent. 
Um, so we owe $2 in this country for every $1 that we earn. That is the worst. Which that means that like... if we have a recession in the next 10 years, it's going to wipe out the housing market. <laughs> That's good for me. Yeah, yeah, it, you know it, and it's not terrible for uh, it's not terrible for people who uh, have cash rather than debt. Um, but yeah, that's the that is the state of the nation right now. You know, the Bible talks about owing no man anything, and a wise person once said that we should avoid debt like typhoid, and I think it's a probably a good thing. <laughs> but here in Australia, we have this uh, "give it to me, give it to me now" kind of an attitude, which has let let a lot of us into debt. We also have a culture that demands that we own a home. Mm. Um, which has become financially, you know, unviable, really. Yeah, and so we're still buying homes, even though it's not necessarily uh, a good financial idea all the time. And so, yeah, that's where we are. Um, Rough. Two dollars we owe for every one dollar we earn. Uh, of course, <laughs> that puts a lot of strain on families. You've got a lot of families that are overworking. Uh, to be able to pay their debts, and because mm. they're overworking, their family life becomes miserable. They get less time with their children, mm. and you know the story goes on and on and on. So we need to be very careful about debt. The Bible tells us to avoid debt. Obviously, there is a time and a place to be in debt, and uh, you know buying the family home would be the appropriate place for that. Going into there are some things that you would be insane to go into debt for. You know, like electronic equipment, etc. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, because it you know loses so much money so fast, mm. and you have to be very very careful going into debt for motor vehicles because they also lose money drastically quickly. Mm. Okay, this is an interesting story coming out of the UK. Of course, they've got elections coming up there in a very short space of time, and female MPs have been warned by the police not to campaign alone. Not to campaign in the dark, a bit hard when it's uh, December in England and, you know, the sun's setting well before, four, it's getting dark well before 4pm, um, to carry an alarm with them, to install panic buttons, and that new candidates need to go down to the police station and introduce themselves to the police, who are women. This is an interesting story. Okay. Okay, so this is because of threats of violence and sexual abuse absolutely skyrocketing. In fact, they have doubled... Between 2017 and 2018. Wow. Okay, I didn't expect that. No. Now I sort of look at this and I say, okay, what the heck? What what, what is going on here? Mm. Because you know we have such a strong movement by women in the world. We've got Me Too movement. We've got so much more education mm. uh, for men out there how to behave and how to respond. Why is it going the opposite direction? Yeah. What is actually happening here? And why are men not, you know, honoring and respecting and treating women with, you know, the dignity that they deserve? Mm. Uh, it, it, I find this very, very concerning. I see it as a sign of the times. Um, this of, of all, you know, all comes about as uh, Joe, as in, um, I think that's Joanne Cox was stabbed and shot in 2016 mm. um, to death, a female MP in England. Um, that's awful. And, yeah, the, 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 the police force is saying that security for female MPs has uh, plummeted. And as a result of that, you've got a lot of women who are leaving politics. 18 yeah. women, um, 18 MPs have pulled out in the lead-up to the December elections. Now, here's what's something else that's interesting. Out of all of the candidates that have pulled out, because there's a number that have pulled out, um, 
with a with a very high ratio of them uh, being women. Um, the average time served was nine years for women and twenty years for men. Mm. So they're pulling out much much faster. And when it comes to why they pulled out of politics, abuse has been cited by nearly all women. Whereas the men have a whole range of different reasons as to why they're pulling out. With the women, it's almost primarily um, abuse as to the reason why they've... So the question is, is that we need to ask is, why are we abusing women more, not less? Mm. Even You know, we should be living in an enlightened world. We should be living in a world where... We are, um, you know, we, we we like to think that we've come a long way in the last hundred exactly. years when yeah, we, you fully. know, um, women have received the the vote and you know, women's rights and you know all all of these kind of things. Why is that divide growing larger rather mm. than growing smaller? That's the question that I ask and the question that I want to know the answer to. Yeah, and I don't know all of the answers to this. I do know that in the Bible, God honored women, and the biblical system. Um, or in in God's relationship to women was far above, yeah, far beyond anything that existed anywhere else in the world at that time. Mm. Um, and so in the Bible, you know, in contrast to the nations around Israel, women could be, you know, the, the ideal woman in Proverbs thirty one is a businesswoman. Yeah, you know, she's uh, she's just amazing. You've got um, women could aspire to any office in society. They could be. Uh, they could be prophetess, they could be uh, head of state, they could be military general, they could own land. They were peasant girls were educated in Israel. Mm. You know, Jesus learnt his education from his mother, who was a peasant girl. You know, you can go on down through the list. This did not exist outside of the nation of Israel, mm. and when it did exist, it only existed for a short space of time. In fact, Israel is the only place where you have a lasting dignity given. To women, mm. when you study history, you know the history of women's rights and uh, freedoms and so forth. What you find is that, sadly, um, outside of you know Christianity and um, people who follow the Bible, you find that they are small blips in history, mm. aberrations of history where women actually have rights and freedoms and so forth. And uh, generally, you know, that there'll be a period where they rise to power. Um, and then they just get smacked back down again. And the thing that I fear that is taking place here is as we move away from biblical principles, as we move away from Christianity, this could happen again. Mm. Because history repeats itself, and it could be that women could you know, lose everything they've gained in the last 100, yeah. 150 years. Mm. Uh, if we look at history, that's what we should expect. Yeah. So, yeah, this is very, very concerning. Another thing it that is, is uh, concerning is... Um, will be interesting to watch is that the Terminator has just won the Sri Lankan election. Uh, Gotabaya P- uh, Raja Paska. Why did she call him the Terminator? That's because that's his nickname. I, I, that's kind of what everybody calls him. Because he kills people? Um, so he was the lieutenant colonel who crushed the Tamil Tigers 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, this was okay. after 37 years of war and he just went in there and... And, uh, and and he brought it to an end at the cost of, you know, 40,000 civilian lives. Mm. Um, 80% voter turnout. And, of course, he ran a, uh, a nationalistic campaign uh, where he vowed to crush religious extremism. 
So this is this is what we've been seeing around our world for the last ten years or so, isn't yeah. it? This is this, we've seen this story being told mm. over and over and over mm. again. Nationalism is really on the rise in yes. our world, and what worries me about nationalism is when nationalism gets involved in religion. Yes, it's always a bad mm. mix. And of course, when you look at Sri Lanka, uh, the Tamils are an ethnic group that make up fifteen percent of the population. Islam mm. is a religious group that makes up ten percent of the population. And the vast majority are Buddhist. Mm. And so, you know, this election result came about as a result, of course, last year of the uh, Sri Lankan bombings. Nearly 300 people lost their lives in those bombings. And the people are screaming for security. Mm. Um, He has vowed to place in in power his uh, war general, Sarath Fonseca, as as his national security chief. And his base of support came from the Buddhist clergy and the Sinhalese wow. majority. Mm. Yeah, it's so heavy. it's sort of – it'll be interesting but, to see what happens here. We need to pray for Sri Lanka and uh, we particularly need, need to pray for their new president that he will have great wisdom in dealing <laughs> with the uh, conflict within his country and that he will be able to bring peace and security um, in a time of upheaval. This is Vocal Union with What Heavenly Music. You're listening to Faith FM.
Welcome back, guys. That was Vocal Union with What Heavenly Music. You listen to Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. And Lawson, what have you got for us there? The woman who gives birth to the man-child in Revelation 12 is given two wings from this kind of bird. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah. I'm like, oh, of course. That was easy. Of easy, course. easy, easy. Of course. Okay, so now there are uh, there is only one. There's prize only one prize. So give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three if you know what this creature is. Okay, joining us on the phone this morning is Brad Hoffman. Brad, welcome to the show. Oh, it's good to be here, Lyle. Yeah, fantastic. Now, Brad, uh, we wanted to uh, talk to you about your uh, your journey of faith this morning. Um, you've had some interesting and adventurous life experiences, and uh, yeah, where does the story start for you, Brad? I mean, where, where Bessie, what part of Australia are you from, and where did you come from? What was your, what's your background? Yes, Lyle, I was um, originally from Queensland, and uh, raised, I guess, in some of the time when I was in Brisbane. And, country areas. Um, I was brought up a Christian, um, actually. Both my parents were were Christians, and um, they used to have lots of marital troubles. They, um, not open war, but it was uh, a lot of tension and so forth. And by the time I was, uh, let me see, about 17 years old, um, three significant relationships broke up. It was my parents, my sister, who was a missionary in New Guinea, and uh, my dear cousin, and all three of those people were, or relationships were Christians. And I sort of asked the question at the tender age of 17, where's God in all of this? Mm. And I guess it affected my faith quite considerably because very soon after I I just uh, decided that I'm not going to attend church anymore. Now, when you talk about your sister, the relationship mm. broke up with your sister. Was that your relationship or her relationship with her partner? Or oh, her relationship with her husband. So all yeah. these were marriage breakups. Mm-hmm. So they were missionaries in New Guinea, mm-hmm. and um, it all went horribly wrong there as well. Um, so uh, my sister was very close to me, my parents, of course, and uh, my cousin. And so these are the closest people in the mm. world to me. And and um, up and until I thought, this point, God? yeah, up until this point, Brad, um, if I could just jump in for a moment, where yeah. were you in your connection with God? Did you have a connection with God up until this particular age, or what, what, where was your head at? Yeah, look, I was raised to believe everything, and, and looking back, I realized that that I did love Jesus, but not a significantly or not enough to to actually follow him in that. So I was quite a rebellious young boy. You wouldn't uh, want your kids sitting with me in church because I'd be talking all the time or wandering off. Um, so I didn't really, I, I didn't have a, a relationship that I was pursuing anyway, let me put it that way. Mm. Now, at some particular point, uh, I understand you got involved in martial arts. How did that come about? Ah, yes, yes, yes. Well, I always loved martial arts, and a lot of people did through the 70s and so forth. It was very popular. But um, but soon after I left church, I, I started training in martial arts, in karate, actually. And, and um, I was a very dedicated sort of person and um, naturally athletic. And so in a very short space of time, within just a few years, I was... I was found myself for the next twelve years traveling the world with the Australian karate team. Wow! And um, you know, had my fair share of uh, national championships that I won and competed in seven world championships uh, by the time I retired. Um, it was my life, and and I guess I worshipped it like a god because it I put it first before anything. 
Um, having said that, I learned an awful lot from from karate. Um, it's a great study in life and people and behaviour. Um, but it was one without God. Mm. You know. Tell me, when you become an elite athlete at that level in a sport that is focused on fighting and you have mm. those kind of skills, do you have a temptation? Is there this thing that lurks in your back of your mind I'd love to try this in a real fight rather than in a uh, competition fight? Yeah, that's a good, very good question because what we say in karate is that after 10 years of karate, you'll be a different person. You'll either be better or worse because karate gives you a, a sense of power and that can be abused. But having said that, all good instructors um, weed out those sort of minded people. If they won't be uh, led towards uh, a better way of thinking, a non-violent way of thinking, they usually can be expelled from um, from a karate dojo. So, but it is a temptation because um, because you do have this sense of I could I could bring justice here in this situation, you know. Um, but having said that, um, it is wrong to use it in any shape or form except for the sake of the protection of your family or loved ones. Um, but it is a temptation, mm, mm, uh, that's mm. for sure. But having said that, it, it's amazing how it deals with the aspect when you don't have the ability to fight, and and um, things happen to you on the street or someone, um, <clears throat> you you tend to walk away um, feeling like uh, maybe if I was stronger, I would have had a go. And you, you can quite often walk away with your tail between your legs, and wondering for the rest of your life, am I a coward? Whereas the thing about karate is when you become very, very good at it, you can actually walk away and never think bad of yourself, you know. And so the ability to walk away um, becomes uh, uh, a very um, enticing um, choice to make, if you know what I'm saying here. Mm. Um, so in actual fact, you can walk away from a fight so much easier mm. than under the wow. pressure of, of, of your pride being on the line, you know. Sure, sure. What about the spiritual aspect of uh, martial arts? Was that something yeah. that was a part of your life? No, not at all. Um, this is a very, very um, asked question of me, especially by church-going people, folk, because because uh, there's plenty of talk of that out there, and just naturally, because it's connected with the East, people will, will think that. Now, plenty of martial arts do have... Um, the wrong sorts of meditation and different things like that. Um, and that is a dangerous area to go. Fortunately, I was brought up in church, so I was quite aware of these things. But when I joined my karate organization, which is the biggest single stylist in the world, the Japan Karate Association, they never taught us anything about meditation and sitting there in, in Zen meditation. And I thought to myself after a year or so, oh, why aren't they teaching us this? Isn't that what they do? Um, and so I got myself a book on sitting in Zazen, it was called. And, and I was halfway through that book and it was scary what it was saying. And I threw that book in the bin and I, and I was dedicated to never being a part of that sort of, um, uh, pursuit. I think the people who are, who are most vulnerable to that type of thing are the ones that come into karate and they're, they're very much seeking, um, they're fearful. Uh, they're seeking power in their life, and that can seduce them. And instead of physically um, aiming to just uh, be physically good, they look for some secret uh, uh, power, chi power, they call it. And so 
they're the ones at most risk. Uh, but uh, for me, I was aware of it, and so I chose not to go down that track. So you see, it's a choice. Mm. It's not bound to the martial arts because because you're doing this certain exercise. Um, it's a, always a choice, and they can be separated. So for me, it was never ever a problem. Um, sure, uh, but I but I. I know it has been for others. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand, absolutely. And, uh, okay, so you did this for um, quite a number of years, but at some point um, you come back to God. How long was that period where you were, you know, sort of out of yeah. out of connection, any kind of connection with God? Yeah, well, I, I left when I was about 17. I come back when I was, I think it was about 41, 42. So there we got about 23 years. And how this happened, I, I realized looking back that God was trying to reach me several times and um he nearly got me a couple of times <laughs> um but what happened was i met married my uh wife and uh it was at the height of my karate career and the demand on family and having children and that um made it difficult to still compete at high level but we used to argue an awful lot she came from a very broken hurt home i came from a broken home too but i came from a home with two parents that very much encouraged their kids, never put them down. Whereas my wife, she was treated terribly, um, terribly, that she had no belief in herself whatsoever. She didn't think she was loved. Um, she thought she was not intelligent at all. And so we, we, we would have these um, problems in our relationship and, and they'd escalate into huge arguments. And anyway, this went on for 10 years four children deliberately every two years we had four kids uh two kids uh, a extra child and um we wanted a big family but we just couldn't stop um arguing to a point where it was ridiculous you know and these were only at peak times most of the time we got on fantastic but it just wore us both out and after 10 years and um just a few months after the last child was born my wife was in quite deep depression with um, baby blues and uh, it got to a stage where she just decided this has to end and I want happiness and she just left out of the blue and it broke my heart Lyle um, mm. beyond belief mm. um, I was a mess it was my worst nightmare you see because I was traumatized from my parents and so forth and um, I never wanted it to happen to me now it is and so what happened when I realized I couldn't couldn't help um, like ask my wife uh, or talk her around or convince her that things will be better in the future. And I, I ended up, I was so distraught, I fell, fell on the ground, literally fell on the ground in, in sadness and cried like a baby, like just a big belly cry. And I was crying for some time and then I just started crying out to God. And at first I guess it was just, a, it was just the act of a desperate man. But um, but I started asking, help me, help me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And it was at that time I realized how much I believed that he existed. And over the next couple of days, the flood of joy that came into my life because I pursued him night and day. Um, You're I not the kind of person was... to do things by halves, are you, Brad? No, no, no. It's full on. I, I know what it's like to seek something with all of my heart while I was successful at karate was because of that. And so, yeah, I don't believe in sitting on the fence. And um, let's make a decision and let's be loyal and faithful. And, and so 
it was a really strange thing, Lyle, because I was the saddest I've ever been in my life. At the same time, I had a joy that was that was incredible. At the same time, as an oxymoron, mm. and I and I lost. Um, I I used to work for Christ Cheap and Dodge in Brisbane selling cars, and and I took stress leave off for three weeks. And in that time, over the next fourteen days, actually, I lost twelve kilos. Mm. I couldn't eat. I was so stressed. And it was over. Apparently, based on my what my wife said, it was gone. It was done. It was over. And um, so I was so close to taking over my own life, yet I had never been suicidal. And when I went back to work after three weeks, I want to tell you what was a, a phenomenal thing in this in this story. I went back to work after three weeks of stress leave, a lot skinnier, and um, I was walking around the car yard and I was constantly in tears. And my, my boss said, you need to take six months off, man. Yeah. And I said, no, I can't. I don't want to go broke. I'll, I'll, I'll sell cars. I'll keep going. So I'm walking around thinking, how am I going to do this? And I, so I started by now, after three weeks, I was in an amazing relationship with God. I read the Gospels, all four of them, uh, four times in just over two weeks. I read um, Steps to Christ, and I was halfway through Desire of Ages. I was night and day while my eyes were open worshipping God. It was the most phenomenal thing to pursue God that desperately. I recommend it um, without the breakup. Anyway, I made this prayer to God. I said, I can't live. I can't live without my wife. It was the most desperate prayer, Lyle. Mm. I said, Lord, um, I need a sign. Will my wife come back to me? Is there hope? And, and um, please bring her back to me. Please give me a sign. Will my wife come back to me and I'll be whatever you want me to be? And 15 minutes later, I realized I'm so stressed. I grabbed a set of keys and I'm going to go for a drive out of the uh, car yard to relieve my stress. And as I'm walking out, I see this African lady walking on the outside of the showroom glass. And I didn't want to talk to a customer. And as she came in, I gave her a bit of sort of stern attitude, I said to her, are you looking for someone? And she looked at me and she said, I'm looking for you. And I thought, yes, yes, yes. I said, no, no, I've got to go. So are you looking for someone in particular? And she said, I'm looking for you. Hi, I'm from the Heart Foundation. I shaked her hand and said, I have a broken heart. And she said, why? I said, you don't want to know. She said, yes, I do. I said, look, my wife just leave me left me so do you mind i need to go she said to me your wife will come back to you i said no she won't you don't know me i've argued with her far too much she said your wife will come back to you i said no she won't you don't know me you don't know my situation and she kept insisting and eventually it got to a stage where she really annoyed me with this um because i had high anxiety and so she said to me, your wife will come back to you. And I said, no, she won't. You don't understand. And she grabbed my arm because I was pointing my finger in her face. I was so upset. She grabs my arm and pulls it away from her face and says, you don't understand. Your wife will come back to you. I know it. And she leaned forward and looked me right through the eyes. And Lola, I face the, the toughest fighters in the world and can look them in the eye. And I couldn't hold focus with her. I, I like I, I went in a tunnel vision and and um, anyway after a few minutes she she left and I was walking around thinking oh man what was I doing and when I suddenly realised my prayer and what just happened 
you know, my prayer was, Lord, please show me a sign. Will my wife come back to me? 15 minutes later, the exact words, your wife will come back to you. I know it. Hmm. When I put those two things together, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. Euphoria hit me like I've never felt in all of my life. And I was so profoundly aware of the presence of God in my life that tears were pouring down my face. And if I'd have turned to the left and seen him, it wouldn't have been a surprise. I was that, that aware of his presence. And it was the, the two things went on then. It was the warmest, beautiful feeling I've ever felt. But at the same time, Lyle, I really did feel like the Bible says, wretched, embarrassed in front of him, in front of such a holy God, a beautiful God, a wretched man. Brad, we've just got a little bit of time left. This is an amazing yep. story. Um, can you just sort of summarize it through and, yes, and, and yes, bring yes. us up to date where so, we're up to? So I was praying for my wife night and day, and the Holy Spirit was working upon her. Eight weeks later, well, actually, I contacted a, a pastor, actually. He was a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, in fact. And um, he said to me, You'll, um, keep praying, God will do miracles. I said, Pastor, she's leaving. She's leaving. She's leaving for good. He said, keep praying, God can do miracles. And out of the blue, after my wife had left, she rings me up at night and she said, Brad, I've seen a tremendous change in you. It's given me hope. She said, do you think you and I can try again? I couldn't believe it. And I said, yes, darling, anything's forgivable in Jesus. And I realized that um, the power of God, so many miracles, I, I don't have time to tell you, Lyle. I'm, t- I'm telling you that there was 10, 15, 20 profound miracles that happened. To, uh, God was trying to reach me and build my faith and say, I'm here. Maybe we're going to have to get you back on sometime to tell us about those uh, that yeah. other long list of miracles, Brad. It's uh, yeah. an incredible yeah. story, but I just want to finish it off by saying that, you know, now you're a, uh, a Christian pastor pastoring a church in the North New South Wales right. region and... Uh, yep. You know, just God has done amazing, incredible things in your life. Brad, we are, um, out of, out, we are out of overtime, but thank you so much for joining us. We're going to move on with the show right now. And this is Carly Fletcher with Knocking. You're listening to Faith FM.
said than done but there's a program called forgive to live designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness so if you're keen to take that first step head to forgive to you're listening to faith fm positively different radio Jesus is 